This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Sunday, March 22nd. This is episode 286. I'm Dan Ellis, and I've spent the last hour and a half or more, longer than that, trying to figure out what the fuck is going on with our sound in the studio. Because we're doing some social distancing. How how are you guys doing? Well, I'm doing good. I'm Sounds doing like well. Matt. Sounds like Matt's driving. <laughs> I'm not driving. I'm <laughs> Yeah, so for our listening audience, uh, Matt and Ryan are not in studio because we are socially distancing. We wanted to record a show last week, but uh, could yeah. not get the sound issues figured yeah. out on the board. Today, I was able to get it to where we can all hear each other, and the computer can hear when all of us are talking, so we can record a little something, but it's not ideal, and we'll continue working to improve that. But as we're going through all of this together with you out there in the listening audience, uh, you'll have to just bear with us on some audio issues for a little bit until we can get shit sorted out a little better. Um, sorry well, we for the... wanted to give you something. Yeah. Yeah, like we we didn't record anything last week, and I wanted to make sure that we were able to do something this week, and it's just been kind of a nightmare. Eventually, what I would like to do is be able to get another piece of equipment that would make this much easier, but until we get more money coming in, that's not going to be a possibility. So uh, if you're if you're out there in the listening audience and uh, you want to help us out, you could do that. You could do that by becoming a Patreon patron. <laughs> <laughs> that would be super awesome and then we get to read your name at the end of the show too that would be that would be super fun yes. so what have you guys been doing for the last while are you are you both still going to work are you socially distancing what what are you doing uh let's start with uh you matt because i haven't heard from you for a bit it has been a bit um i'm doing as much social distancing as i can uh but I still, I do still, our shop's still up, so I do still have to go to work. Um, and sometimes we don't meet all of the criteria for proper social distancing there. But I don't expect that the shop will be open too much longer. I think the order will come down. The businesses will so, have to close all around? Well, I mean, at least once once they start figuring out the tattoo shops are still open and stuff, I think they'll start thinking about that more. Yeah. Yeah, are you worried about going into work every day and seeing people in the public and bringing that home? Um, I do. I worry about it a little bit, not as much for me or Danielle, but because I have a two-year-old at home and I have a 72-year-old at home as well. Oh, shit, that's right. I, I sometimes forget that your dad lives with you guys. Yeah, so we have two that are in the sort of danger zone. Um, but yeah, well, super, <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, man. I'm, I'm sorry that 
more people don't have paid time off through their employer that they have to go to work even when they're sick, which means that, you know, they may catch something that they'll spread to more people. Like it just, the, the way our whole work system and sick leave happens here in the U S is kind of fucked, especially in times like these where, you know, there's a very contagious virus that's going around yeah. that is killing a lot of people because it be, besides being very contagious, it's also, it also has a high percentage of people who end up dying from it. So that's not we're, good. We're definitely set up to benefit the employer versus the employee. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what have you been doing over the last little bit, Ryan? Uh, uh, Social distancing and working, which gets crazy in a fire station because uh, we're not allowed to have contact with each other at work now. <laughs> so, so how does that, like, if you guys have to respond to anything? If we have to respond to a call, that's, that's normal. We'll, we'll respond just like normal. But as far as us being like, oh, let's go do something. Nope, that's out. Uh, shift dinners. We're not allowed to have shift dinners anymore. We basically have to walk through the fire station three times a day and spray it down with Lysol, all the door handles, everything. No one's allowed to come into the fire station. So people that would usually come by, classes we'd hold, all canceled, uh, stuck in our rooms. Uh, like it was even funny. The one of the guys said, I'm done eating dinner. If anybody wants to use the kitchen. Because we're not supposed to eat together. It's just, uh, it's different. It's weird. So, uh, it's very boring. And I worked in overtime this week. So I was at work for four days. I got to watch a lot of TV shows. I binge watched season two of Westworld, uh, season three of Star Trek Enterprise, and watched a whole bunch of movies. And, uh, yeah, I did some research on, uh, Spanish influenza as well. Because I kept seeing people were posting, and I realized they were all wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> just like social media normally is. Yeah, it's it's getting scary out there, and it's going to get worse. Like we're we're still just at the at the beginning of this here in the U.S., especially here in yeah. Utah. We haven't had a whole lot of cases here, but of course, the more we can keep our distance from each other, the better to help slow the spread of it. Um, we're at over 300,000 cases currently in the U S yeah. I believe that, or I'm sorry, globally, but just in the U S we saw more than a 60% increase just from yesterday, which means that the doubling time will be down to less than two days, which and is I'm not even, in my mind. That's not even a doubling of it. That's just that more people have been tested. Well, well, I mean, it's a doubling of the numbers for sure. So it's numbers, it's not necessarily a doubling in the number of cases that are, you know, of people who actually have it. Have it, yeah. It's a doubling in the number of people that we know have it. And yeah. it's because we've been able to test more people. Yeah. Which is something else that has just been fucking disastrously communicated to the public by the administration. You've got, you know... Trump and all of his fucking sycophantic ass lickers out there giving misinformation to people almost every day now in their briefings oh, yeah. from the White House. The only person that I really trust with any information of value is Dr. Fauci when he speaks. And 
he keeps directly contradicting shit that's coming out of the president's mouth just seconds right. before or after. Like it's, it's really frustrating. I, I had noticed, um, a couple days ago during the briefing, I think Alex Azar was the one who kicked things off. And my God, what an obsequious little fucking toad that guy sounded like. I, I honestly, like I, I posted it out to Facebook because I, it, it, it seems like these are not really communicating any real information of value to people anymore. You know, you've got the president attacking reporters, um, yeah. calling them terrible reporters when they ask questions about, you know, what the president would say to people who are living in fear right now. And the president calls that person a terrible reporter. For people that are losing their job right now, don't have an income coming in, might be immune compromised or elderly, of course there's there's hundreds of thousands of people out there in the in the world right now. They're fucking scared. Yeah, they're terrified. I there there are a lot of people that I communicate with, you know, online and in private messages and everything. I sent you guys a private message, um, letting you know some stuff that I had heard. Yeah. And it's it, what we're hearing from the administration. As bad as they're saying things are, imagine that they are 10 times worse because they are. <laughs> what is coming from the administration does not match the information that we're seeing in real time. They are downplaying it and lying about what's going on. And ultimately, that's going to just cause more people to become sick and die. Well, especially when they're not, they're not putting information out. Like, it's, it's no secret. They've even shown that they're they're holding these meetings as as top secret meetings about the coronavirus and what's going on and all the information that should be going to hospitals to the public to everybody you know hey this is how serious this is uh maybe don't take this lightly but they're not doing that yeah we we were uh told at work that we should uh begin preparing for basically all government buildings to be shuttered until further notice. Uh, we're, we're collecting data and reporting that back up about what programs and processes, um, actually require any bit of human intervention, like physical human intervention for somebody yeah. to push a button on a server or to turn it, you know, to turn a switch on or off. Like what actually requires some bit of physical human intervention to keep whatever going on, you know, to, to keep this process running, to keep the server on and identifying, you know, how many actual human intervention people we will need to travel to the buildings. Um, and other than that, that everybody needs to stay at home and work from home as long as you can, uh, with the technology that we have available. They're also, uh, telling us to, uh, limit what we do online through our work computers because the network of course is being taxed. Oh yeah. Especially when we're coming in through a VPN to the internal network. Um, and now that there are a lot more people having to do that, they've told us not to watch videos, not to share our screens. You know, if we need to communicate with each other, uh, to send email or text messages, you know, instant messages, but even doing like a screen share is being discouraged. And if we're even need to do, even if we need to have a, a conversation with a group of people to not do it 
over the network to use regular phone line for that, which is very difficult for some people, especially my new boss, who was told that because of budget cuts, she couldn't have a fucking conference line. So yeah, then what mm-hmm. do you do? <laughs> it, oh, man, that's coming back to bite him. Oh, yeah. Like the, you know, the budget has been slashed so fucking much that we're barely hanging on to anything and now this hits and they they need to increase spending for you know to get people equipment to be able to work at home to keep the lights on and then it's okay well now how many how many bodies do we have to throw at you know any human intervention that needs to happen to keep things running and who wants to do that right now it's a, a volunteer thing and it's like why why the fuck would you volunteer? <laughs> Why would you voluntarily put yourself out there just yeah. because like to keep a fucking server running that I, I I mean, in my opinion, those people should be getting some kind of hazard pay, but yeah, absolutely. Like, like even for us, we had to put together um, kits for responses. It's a one-time use kit where with the mask and the gown and the gloves and everything. And it's like, you know, if we go on a call and someone is showing flu-like symptoms, one person goes in and interacts with them, limiting the contact with that person. We have to put all this other stuff on, and it's a one-time use. So once we use that kit, that kit's thrown in a biohazard bag. We've only got like 40 of them. From all the stuff we get gather on base to build these kits, we can only build 40 of them. Now, granted, we're in a lot smaller area, not a lot of people. So hopefully we don't have that many people come come down and get sick out there. But it's the fact that you know even if we only put two people in per call, that's twenty available calls that we have kits built for to go on someone that might have this disease or not this this uh, virus. And then we run out. That's all we got. They're not ordering more because there's no more to order. Yeah. Like I say, it's, it's as bad as it is now, it's going to get orders of magnitude worse over the next few months. Um, there was news recently that I found out actually through a Facebook post, um, that Treasury Secretary Mnuchin tweeted out that we were going to be moving the tax deadline from April 15th to what was it june july 15th, 15th. Or was i think it, it was july 15th let's see uh, yeah yeah it was july 15th so the he's they decided to move it back by three months and of course none of this was communicated to the agency that oh. they're doing this to before just fucking tweeting out this is what we're going to be doing i don't know how much communication would have been happening in the background to you know with with upper management about this being a possibility because nobody that I work with, and I, and I sit in some pretty high-level meetings, nobody that I work with had any fucking idea that this was coming. And we hear about it through a fucking tweet. Yep. That was the first news that I received about this. Working at the fucking agency that runs all of that. The, yeah. the branch that I work for, <laughs> who is responsible for all of the computing resources throughout the enterprise didn't fucking know about that until I heard about it on the news. Well, it's kind of like when Google found out they're building a website for the, for the government. 
Oh yeah. Trump gave the big speech, and he's like, and "Google's making a website where you'll be able to find out uh, if you need to go get tested and where to get testing." Google's like, "No, we're not. What are you talking about?" Yeah, yeah. The uh, and it wasn't even that it's going to be rolled out to everybody right away. It was. Yeah, they're, they're, it was a subsidiary company of, of Google who was working on a very limited release for one small section of people. They yeah. had, yeah, they, it's just the, the information that the administration is sharing. Don't, I mean, it's, it's really hard to say, don't believe anything they're telling you because that sounds alarmist. And if they're giving good information, you should absolutely listen to them. But the good information that is being relayed is so, sparse and intermixed with more bullshit that is ultimately harmful. I was watching Rachel Maddow on Friday. I think it was, I don't know time. I, I'm having a hard time keeping track of time even because, <laughs> you know, I'm not going into the office, so I can't space it up by, Oh yeah, it was when I went to the office a couple of days ago. Like yeah. my, my frame of reference in referring to a lot of different things is getting blurred because every day is kind of the same sitting here at home and, you know, working like I ordinarily would, but not going into the office and watching so much news and trying to keep on top of everything and understand what's going on. And then, you know, hearing what's coming out of the mouths of people in the administration and then going online to double check that and finding out that the majority of what they're saying is absolutely false. And not only that it's just false in the typical way that, you know, Trump's, Trump would lie about what color the sky is, but it's that the information they're putting out, if received only that way, is more harmful. You know, denying initially that this was a real problem, that the yep. virus a was a real problem, and then putting out a bunch of false information about, you know, the how communicable it was, uh, how deadly it can be, how long it will be around, what will get rid of it, any treatment options that are available, testing kits that, you know, should be available and aren't PPE equipment. Like every bit of information they've been doling out is. And the, the level of containment. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. The level of content. Uh, it's, it, we've got, we've got a good handle on it. It'll be gone just in a couple of days. You know, it'll just be, I don't want to, I don't want to say airtight, but almost airtight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, even, even, uh, Nunez, when he got on, I can't remember if he's on Fox news. I think it's probably most likely Fox news, uh, where he said, we need to support our restaurants and our eateries at this time. They're being harmed. So go out and eat. Just go, go to your restaurants and everything. Next day, it's when like New York and everyone starts shutting down restaurants. Like, oh, maybe that's a bad idea to tell people to go out and just go eat in the general public where they're going to spread whatever they have. Like, yeah, that's probably not cool, Mr. fucking Nunez. <laughs> Did you guys see that Rand Paul has yeah. been uh, tested positive for COVID-19? Yeah, I saw Ooh, it no. this, this morning. Yeah, first uh, first senator to test positive for COVID-19. Uh, so I'm sure that there will be others in the coming days. Oh, yeah. I think the well, part... Was, oh, go ahead. I was watching that. I was, I was going to say, I was watching that on CNN this morning, and they're talking to another senator, and they're like, are you worried? They're like, well, we were in a closed lunch today with him. I was working out with him in the in the Senate gym today. So, yeah, we're probably going to get tested. <laughs> it's like, like, 
they're not social distancing at all. They're having their private lunches. They're hanging out in the gym, working out together, which surprised me that he works out. <laughs> I mean, that was the most shocking thing I heard. But, <laughs> well, yeah. I think, I think the thing about it that really bothered me is that he's asymptomatic and was still allowed to be tested. They're telling everybody yes. else right. that even right. if you are showing symptoms, you know, unless your, your case is dire, that you shouldn't be tested because then that will just require more PPE to be expended on testing you when no. at this point it doesn't really matter if you have it or not necessarily. You know, unless it's a dire case and you're in the hospital that they may not be testing you because it's just becoming so widespread and the test kit, the number of test kits available are so limited that it doesn't really matter at this point. They need those in hospitals instead. Yeah. And, I, 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 th- I had the same thought. Yeah. And, and, and a true leader would forego the testing of themselves so that that test could be used for one of their citizens. Yeah. I, or, well. you know, I mean, or at least if they had a known exposure, like if you have a known exposure, you should get tested. You should, you should be allowed to get tested. Well, sure. But, if if tests are available, you know, yes. are widely available for everybody to participate in that. But for him to be asymptomatic and be as big a fucking asshole as he is about trying to help others and downplaying the concerns over all of this, mm-hmm. like, why was he tested in the first place? Yeah. You well, know, like if- I, I, had a, I had a buddy last about a week and a half ago now. Said he was feeling sick, was going into the VA to get tested, went to the VA to get tested. VA said, we don't have any test kits. We can't test you. They're like, obviously, you are sick. You are, you do have some sort of virus going on. Go home and self-quarantine. We can't test you. Yeah. Yeah, self-quarantine, and hopefully you'll get better. And if not, you know, you may need to come back into the hospital, and then we may need to test you. But with the limited number of tests that they have available right now, they can't just test people who, you know, want to be tested or feel they may need to be tested to verify if it's, if it's the COVID-19 or not, because they just don't have the number of tests available that they, that they should, or were, or were even fucking told that they would have or two weeks ago. Or that even worked because I, I was reading one report that came out from uh, saying the CDC was testing the, the test kits and some of them would show up positive for water. Like they were taking their control group and they were popping positive. So they're like, these are, these tests are horrible. Like we don't know if they're working or not. When we could have gotten tests from the world health organization that we knew were working, but no, we don't want those. We'll make our own. They might work. They might not. Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, I mean, it was just as recently as a few days ago that the administration was downplaying the risks and saying, oh, you know, we we figure that, you know, everybody can self-isolate for a couple of weeks and, you know, things things will start to return to normal. Everything will get better. What is very telling about what they did by moving tax day back is they moved it back three months. They didn't move it back three months figuring that everything would be fine in two weeks, right? Yep. So I would say that rather than paying attention to what they are saying, pay attention to what they are doing. doing. Mm -hmm. And when they move tax day back by three months, that should give you a pretty good fucking indication that it will be at least three months 
before things begin to even start to return to normal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Summer Olympics weren't supposed to be for another three months, and they're finally looking at canceling those. They should absolutely cancel them. I, I am having a hard time understanding why they haven't already, other than you know yeah. all of the money involved. And I think that's that's where they're sticking to be like, well, maybe we can still do it. I think they're holding out hope. Uh, but yeah, Japan's going to have to cancel. Yeah, I think. I mean, so it's it's kind of it's kind of a catch twenty two or 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 a paradox, right? Like, if we respond as as I don't know with with as much concern as as is really warranted or necessary to keep this from spreading and getting out of control and overwhelming our hospitals and having the death toll just grow astronomically is that we need to isolate people as fast as we can and as much as we can. But if we do that, then that reduces the number of people that are going to be infected. Of course, that's great. It also reduces the number of deaths, but then it also makes it look like an alarmist thing that was done in the first place. Because the numbers won't reflect it in the end. Like, oh, what were we so worried about? Only this many people die. It's like, yeah, Yeah. the right precautions. Yep. But then I think we'd also, I mean, the horrible side to it is, is the run people are making on grocery stores. Yeah. Just hoarding shit. Like that would get worse if we become more, put more alarm to it. Uh, there needs to be a happy middle ground. I like, I don't think the president's message that everything is okay. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, don't worry about it is the wrong message. Versus saying, yes, you should be worried, but don't overreact. Yeah, absolutely. Like, 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 yeah, you don't, you don't need to start hoarding things and like, yeah, like the supply of food and our supply lines are going to stay open. You're going to be able to get what you need to survive. So don't, as long as you don't panic and overreact. Yeah. Because that panicking is what makes it worse. The first rule of every emergency is is stay calm. Yeah. Don't freak the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's it's exactly how they drive and it's exactly how they vote. Fuck you, I'm I got mine. <laughs> yeah. Me first, me first, me first. Yep. And I the, the one the other thing I keep seeing everyone post, not everyone because I just I keep an eclectic group of people on Facebook. Uh the amount of people are like Oh, so y'all wanted a socialist society. Now you have it. It's like, this is what life would be like if Bernie was elected. It's like, no, this is what <laughs> life is like with Trump. Yeah, exactly. It's not, we it's have not that this Trump. is what life, yeah, it's not that this is what life would be like if a socialist was in charge. No, this is what life is like with a Republican in charge. So yeah. what do you think about that? Yeah. How can they, how can they say that this is what life would be like under socialism when, we're not under socialism at all. <laughs> Hi, this is Regina Tippetts. I'm a licensed professional counselor. You can find me at Secular Therapy Project or rctcounseling.com. And you're listening to The Godless Revolution. Space and luxury, a somewhat awkward marriage, but then isn't every marriage. I know mine was. With comms down, we can't talk to Earth, but we can still swim like a mermaid, gamble like a gangster, eat like a beast. Some food flavorings may not be available. 
and spend hours marveling at our illuminated circle of turds. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Yeah, going back to what I was talking about a moment ago with, you know, there being a little bit of a paradox, I I found a Washington Post article that I shared on Facebook a, a couple days ago or maybe just yesterday. Fuck, I don't know. Like I said, time is kind of a blur right now. <laughs> but it was... I thought one of the one of the best parts of the article uh, was talking about uh, Dr. Emily Landon. Uh, she's the chief infectious disease epidemiologist at University of Chicago Medicine, and she has been quoted as saying, "The healthy and optimistic among us will doom the vulnerable." She acknowledged that restrictions like shelter in place may end up feeling extreme or anticlimactic, and that's the entire point. Quote. She said, "Quote." It's really hard to feel like you're saving the world when you're watching Netflix from your couch, but if we do this right, nothing happens. A successful shelter in place means you're going to feel like it was all for nothing and you'd be right because nothing means nothing happened to your family and that's what we're going for here. And, and but the really frustrating bit of that is that in the aftermath of that if we are able to to get things more under control that it will look reactionary and people are going to complain about that. Like, well, I didn't have to stay in my house. Cause I, you know, not everybody was dying all around me and you guys. Are, and then it just makes it worse. Next time this comes around again. Yeah. That's where everybody's like, it was a hoax, but it's, it's yeah. not a hoax. It's, it's real. It's happening. And it's not the first time it's happened. It's just the first time we've decided to take extreme measures with it. And I think the difference between this when they always go, well, we didn't do this when we the swine flu was going around. It's like, well, the swine flu wasn't as contagious. And yet we still had a lot of people die from it. And I think the swine flu numbers, when I looked at them last, the were over 18 months. Uh, that was how long it was out? or That's how long. That was from when it started until when the CDC said it's over. Oh, wow. They called an end to the swine flu epidemic. Was, yeah, because it started in 2008, and it wasn't until like early 2010 when they said, okay, swine flu is done. It's over. So it's, and I think that's the problem when people keep putting out numbers. They're like, oh, well, swine flu killed way, way more people. The, the, the Spanish influenza killed way more people. I was like, yeah, but those numbers were both over an entire year. This so far has been over what? Since, since, I mean, real numbers, since it's got bad, since the beginning of March. So, like, maybe a month. And that's what's scary is we're already at, I mean, including when it started in China, it started in China sometime in January, if I'm correct. Yeah, we're at 335,403 cases as of right now, and that will change within 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. I think it started, I think it was November in China. Was, was it November in China? But when did it leave China? Like when we first started hearing about it? Because China did keep it secret for quite a while. They tried to hold, yeah. Tried yeah, to hold it in do. their country. Yeah. And then Trump tried to do the same. I don't know if he tried to do this, or he tried, he was, I think Trump was of the mind of, if we don't test, we don't have any cases. <laughs> you can't have coronavirus if you don't test for it. Yeah, 
in, in his thing, I mean, I don't think I'm going crazy here and saying he's doing this for re-election. He did not want numbers to be high because he's worried about re-election. Mm-hmm. So he's more focused on himself and on re-election than what's going on, which well, is causing this whole fucking thing in the first place. Well, that's, that's all he's ever focused on. Yeah. He doesn't care about the people. Yeah, so it looks like Yeah, so it looks like it was uh December 31st that China first reported okay. a cluster of cases of pneumonia in people associated with the Hunan seafood wholesale market in Wuhan. And that on January 7th, Chinese health authorities confirmed that this cluster was associated with a novel cor- coronavirus 2019-NCOV2. And so just since then is when it started really migrating out and about. I'm not sure when yeah. the very first one was in the U.S. Um, I don't think our, our first cases came from the cruise ships, I thought. Let's see. It looks like January 21st. Hey, it was my birthday. January 21st is the first Trap case of, related. of, uh, COVID-19 in the United States, and that was in Washington. Okay. Uh So January 21st to now, and now the numbers are just increasing exponentially. Yeah, which, which, what, like a month ago saying, oh, there haven't been any, um, what, new case, I'm trying to think of what it is, like socially transmitted here in the U.S. They're all from out out of the country. Oh yeah, they were trying to say that they contracted it somewhere else, and you know, it was only here in the U.S. because they contracted it somewhere else and then came to the United States afterward. Yeah, after they had become infected. Yeah, which is complete bullshit. Yeah, (sighs) it's just I, I just I can't believe how fucking stupid some people are. Like there have been a ton of reports of, you know, particularly. Uh, in religious communities of people deciding that they're going to gather together and pray that this goes away, which is just the worst fucking idea that they could ever possibly have in trying to deal with this. Yeah. 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 All the way around. Well, well, like first, so they believe, you know, most Christians believe that God created everything, right? Yep. And so this virus would have come from God creating it or at least providing the materials necessary for it to come about. And then if they're going and praying that, that it goes away, they must then think that either God is unaware of what's going on and needs to be told about it and then, and then asked for help or that he's, or that their God knows that it's going on and is just waiting until enough people beg for his help. Like, I don't understand. Or, and, and two, like, he should know everything that's going on, right? Because he knows all things and has a plan for everything. Uh-huh. And so if this is happening, then it must, by that same line of thinking, be part of his plan. So who the fuck are these people to ask God to change his plan? Yeah. I mean, that happens with, with prayer in general all the time anyway. Like, it seems like a pointless exercise for me just based on the logic of what Christians and other, and people of other faiths say that they believe, you know, that, that 
prayer can help, but then you're asking God to change a plan that he already has. It's, it's a really contradictory thing to me that anybody prays for anything at all. Yeah. And if you're talking, if you're talking about a God that created it or allowed it to be created and is aware of it, then two of the possibilities next are that a, he doesn't care or B he can't do anything about it. Either way, prayer is useless. Or he does care and is like doing it as a malicious act. Like he cares and he fucking hates you. Yeah. That's, an, that's <laughs> another option. Yeah. Which is easier to believe. Oh yeah. When you, when you look around and see everything that's going on, it's a whole lot easier to believe that, you know, if there is a God, it's a malicious God. Mm-hmm. I, I've been enjoying leaving comments on some of those, uh, memes they've been putting out on asking God to save them. Just pointing that out to them, like, well, hey, don't forget your God created this. How <laughs> dare you ask him to take away his new invention? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, this is his favorite new toy. Yeah, well, I mean, it was just today that I've been arguing with a lot of people online because the Washington Post had uh, published a story about a Franciscan monk who is uh, – Washington DC's first known uh, death from the coronavirus. And, you know, I just on the article. And then when I shared it, I posted the same comment and just said, you know, I understand the desire to feel comforted by the prospect of a designed super being stepping in to save us all from a disease that would have been created by that same being, but burying your head in the sand or in your hands and actively denying reality will not help. Your God does not exist and prayers will not save you. Stop wasting your time on your knees and do what you can to help others through direct action. And my comment out on the Washington Post thing has elicited a lot of, a lot of negative reaction from people, I guess. Uh (laughs) People who are very, very unhappy that I would have said anything like that. You know, I'm, Perhaps unsurprisingly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the very first comment I got was that now is not the time or place to grind my tired old axe. It's what? like, okay, well, if if religious people are doing stupid things that are making the situation worse, why would I right not now, yeah. say that? Yeah. Now then is like, the perfect time. Precisely to say. the time. Yeah. yeah. Like gathering sick people together to worship, to pray away their coronavirus just spreading it around their whole congregation bringing that back into this in, into your your town and those fucks aren't probably going to self self quarantine so they'll go to the grocery store and and go do all their other normal stuff and keep spreading it everywhere oh yeah it's just like saying that we can't talk about guns after a mass shooting yeah yeah now's not the time to talk about that when the yeah. fuck is the this is the very this is the very best There's time to talk about time. it yeah what they mean is there's never going to be a time I want to hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. You're making me think about, you know, how terrible this is and I don't want to have to do that. So just be quiet about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of the other comments I got were, you know, the, I like the, uh, oh, go I ahead. Like the ego is a terrible God. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the responses is. Is Dan Ellis ego is a terrible god and you are proof he exists? Like what? What the fuck does oh, that? Okay. I don't even understand what they're trying to say there. But one of the one of the people that I've gone back with back and forth with a little bit, um, 
I think her initial comment, oh, and it's not even showing up because Facebook is doing the most relevant thing. Most relevant uh, comments appear first, and it's apparently her comment wasn't relevant enough to warrant showing up. But it was basically, you know, now is not the time to talk about this, and I can't believe that you're being so incredibly cruel. And it's like, I didn't, I wasn't cruel to anybody other than to tell them that they should go out and help everybody through direct action. Like, if me saying that their God does not exist and prayer is a waste of time is an act of cruelty, then their moral compasses are f- way the fuck out of whack. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you want to do some good, get your church to go buy some groceries and some basic necessities to go deliver to the doorsteps of the elderly that are probably afraid to go out right now because they're vulnerable to this. That'd be nice. That'd work way better than praying. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and then another, you know, some of the other uh, arguments that I've heard about this is that, oh, well, churches, you know, they they do a lot of good and they're one of the biggest contributors to social welfare programs and and helping people out. And I had to point out, yeah, I've had to point out to people in a few different threads that churches don't do a fucking thing. People in the churches do the things. Churches by themselves don't do a goddamn thing. It's the people in the churches, and they would be doing those with or without the churches, right? And getting the churches involved usually only makes things worse because it slows things down or gives them bad information or has them congregating when they should be separating. (laughs) Like, it's it's all around fuckery. Yep. Or you run into stuff with the LDS church. They only help out people who are in the church. They do. Well, that's yeah. not totally true. Yeah, well, I mean, like, like with like their food kitchens and a lot of stuff where it's like, hey, you know, they need help monetary wise or like you can go to the LDS food kitchen, but they want your help back. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've even heard of people being like, I'm a, I'm a tithe paying member. I went to the church for help and they won't give it to me. Mm-hmm. Because God helps those who help themselves. Yes. I mean, I, I, I've heard a couple of times where people have gotten help from the church, but they were told, well, now you have to go work here for the church for free. So it's like, okay, I'm low on money. Uh, I need help right now. I'm going to an organization I've been a part of for all my life that usually says they help their, their people. I got help, but now I got to go here and work for them instead of going to work, which would actually help me. Yeah, it looks like one of the people that I was arguing back and forth with uh, blocked me. So, <laughs> I, so I can't see yeah. some of her comments. It looks like she blocked me and then went back and deleted all of her comments. Like, all I can see are my replies to her. Um, Go figure. Yeah, and, and that was the person who kept saying things like, you know, that I was being cruel and that I shouldn't talk about this stuff. And uh, so I just was asking her questions like, One of the questions I asked was, okay, well, when I see posts from churches advising their members to attend services on Sunday, that the virus is a hoax and that they will be saved by their God if they pray hard enough, should I just leave them to find comfort where they will? Because that was the line that she used at me, you know, that if people are finding comfort in their beliefs in this time of need, that I should just leave them alone and I shouldn't say anything about that. And that me doing so is just being cruel to them. And so I asked, you know, should I just leave them to find comfort where they will? And uh, she replied back and said, 
you know, that has nothing to do with this article. This article was talking about the death of this person who had helped other people and everything. And so it's just not the right time to talk about it. And, uh, that's when I just basically asked, okay, well, when is, you know, it's, it, when is, when is a good time to not point out that people are denying reality and what they're doing is harmful. And I said that I'll stop pointing out the harms that come from a religious ideology when those religious ideologies stop actively harming people. Yeah. Right. I mean, what, what if that, I mean, what, what religion was this? Uh, he was a Franciscan monk. Yeah. Um, well, so they don't do the whole pass the, the wafers and stuff for monks. I don't know but a whole I mean, lot about Franciscans. I, I don't either. But I mean, if he's having one-on-one interactions with people in this congregation and he was actively sick, how many people in this congregation could he have passed that disease to? Because he thought it's a hoax. Don't worry about it. I'll pray with you and we'll make it all better. Yeah. But what he's actually doing is writing this. Throughout his whole congregation. Yeah, well, and it's, you know, nobody nobody is going and finding the answers on how to fix this by going to church or by going to their religious leaders, right? They're not turning to their religious leaders for the answers of how to stop the virus, how to cure people, how to make people well after they contract the virus. They go to what Matt says. They go to the fucking science center. They go to a hospital. They go to yeah. a doctor. Right. They don't they don't turn to their church in times of need for sickness and and something that is concerning their health. They they turn to science. Unless you're a Christian science mm-hmm. member, then you're just fucked. <laughs> Christian science is not science, yeah. No. <laughs> but I did I, I gotta bring some comedy to this because I saw a really funny meme. Okay. Um I just forgot their fucking names. The people that don't do uh, technology. Uh, Luddites? Uh, Amish? Amish. (laughs) There we go. Now this joke is ruined. It basically (laughs) said, has anybody informed the Amish yet? And I'm like, that's funny. That's funny. I laughed at that. I'm like, okay. That's a good one. How will they know? (laughs) How will they know? They don't got the internet, no phones. They don't know there's a disease going around. Oh, God. Well, and for those cloistered, super religious sects like that, that SU treatment in hospital, I mean, the, the, the Amish people don't go to the hospitals, really, do they? I mean, they... No, I don't think they do. I don't know about that. I don't think they go to Amish, to hospitals outside of the Amish community. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder like, about they that. they have their I'm, own, like, internal... I'm not entirely sure. Here, bite on this stick. <laughs> off your leg. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty, pretty much. But even I, I'd seen a, it was an actor. I, I, his, I, he played the the bad Joker, the one nobody liked because he didn't. Jared Leto. Far. Jared Leto. That he didn't even know what's going on. <laughs> do you on. know anything? I know more I don't. about your stuff than you do. <laughs> did, you, did, did you see the picture I had <laughs> Dan on his Facebook of me just holding a bottle of Sailor Jerry? That's how this weekend's going. <laughs> um. He was he was mountain climbing with uh uh some people. So he was completely disconnected from society when he got back. He's like, Oh shit, there's a fucking virus going around. And then he posted the picture of him almost dying when rock climbing. Oh. Apparently he took a fall, uh, and he 
stopped on a ledge and he was standing on the ledge and looked at his rope and it was frayed. Like his rope was ready to break. I thought it was just scared. It was afraid of heights. <laughs> yeah, it was. It wanted to get down to the ground fast. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dr. Dan, Matt's boss from the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast, and you are listening to the Godless Revolution. Oh, shit. Did I say revolution? I mean revolution. Bloody Americans fucking up the language. You can edit that, right, Spike? This thing is kind of mesmerizing since Mr. Judd lit it up. Look. See that right? Look at right there. It looks like a burrito. Where? Let's see. It's moving. I'm not seeing burrito. I actually see a face there, kind of. Maybe. John? Paul? Beatles or Getty? I see the Pope's face. Pope John Paul II. He was in at the turn of the century. Infallible, obviously, but great at apologizing for historical bad stuff. All I'm seeing is a lot of shiny excrement. I'm sorry, guys. JP was one of the good ones, too. Wasn't even a Nazi in his youth. I mean, I'm just not sure a Pope would choose to appear in shit. Wouldn't he pick, like, motor oil or pancakes? Honestly, I see his face. Maybe I'll see you later, Mr. Pope. Since I guess I'm the only one who can. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! I'm beside myself with, I don't, I don't fucking know what to do to try to communicate to people how seriously they need to take this and how bad things are going to get, because they're going to get bad real fast like faster than anybody thinks is possible and worse than anybody imagines it might get it's it's scary seeing the amount of people who think this is a hoax oh yeah who think that it's just real yeah either that it's a complete hoax or that the fears around it are being completely overblown yeah like i'd even like we got a, a message group and one of the guys in the message group he's a little he's a he's a trump supporter he even said, went out and said, goes, goes, I think this is all fake. <coughs> like, I don't even know why we're doing this. And he's like, my other buddy chimed in. He goes, do you think Trump will just make this up and, and crash the stock market for his re-election hopes? It's like, no, take this serious, dude. He's like, oh, you guys just disagree with me. You always disagree with me. He goes, I think this, I think this might be a, this might be a, a hoax. It's like, motherfucker. So. How does how does that line of logic even fucking work? Like, does he think that everybody else except the president is more powerful than the president in the administration? That that everybody is in on this? His his his, he started the conversation out with, "Do any of you personally know anybody that actually has this?" And I was like, "No, but I don't know anybody right now personally who actually has the flu either." And I know that's real. I don't know anybody. Well, I do know someone who has AIDS, so I can't say that one. But there's a lot of diseases out there who I know personally don't. I don't know anyone personally who has it, but I know it's real. So he's going for the line of thought of none of us know anyone who actually contracted this. So how do we know it's real? So this is the kind of person who uh, who says that they need direct evidence of something. But I'll bet yes. you that he's also a fucking believer, isn't he? Yeah, I'll I bet so. he is. Oh, he's not? That much. I, 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 I'm pretty sure he is. I, he's a big Trump supporter. We never 
religion because he knows I'm a fucking atheist, so he doesn't bring that shit up around me. <laughs> Lucky. I know. It seems like um, it seems like when I'm at work, you know, most everybody knows that I'm an atheist, but then they feel like they have to say something religious around me. Yeah. I mean, if anything, he's probably soft Christian. Yeah. But I mean, he drinks. He doesn't. He doesn't live a a wholesome Christian lifestyle. But uh, yeah, he's also thinks this is all some crazy fucking conspiracy theory right now. Which I'm like, no, dude, take this fucking serious. Well, do you know anybody personally who has the virus? No. Do you oh. know anybody personally who has actually seen and spoken with God? Yeah. Well, even when I said, right. I'm like, I don't know anybody personally who has the flu. He goes, well, I do. I'm like, okay, but I don't. <laughs> so how do I know the flu is real? He's like, well, that's not the point. I'm like, it is the fucking point. Like, how do we even know China's real? Yeah, I ain't never been there. I was told I was on the border of China once, but I don't fucking know. I didn't fly myself there. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I, I just... I'm... I'm I'm kind of beside myself just in trying to figure out how to more effectively communicate to people how dire the situation is. The one hope that that's coming out from this people that were on the fence about Trump that were, um, that might've voted for him before because they just really didn't like Hillary, but were like, eh, Trump should do. Okay. I wonder, I hope they're looking at this and going, Oh, he's fucking this up. Yeah, I, I think honestly, with all of this, his chances at re-election have have basically gone to zero. I mean, he still has his base, though. We can't deny that. Oh yeah, well, he, he has, has his base, base, but but his base is less than a majority of people in the in the United States. As long as I people sure hope vote, so. You know, as he, long as people vote. Yeah, even even his most hardcore supporters are you know, 40% of the population. So even if he were able to get every single one of his hardcore supporters out there, there's no way that he could win the election with only them. He also needs well, I, to bring in other people who think that he may do an okay job. And he has demonstrated over the last, you know, more than three months. years that he is a terrible fucking president. Well, definitely over the last month. Like, if you can't see that he is not acting as the president should, and the, the fucked up thing is some people like that. Oh, he, he like, doesn't, he doesn't, you know, adhere to social norms. He's, he's not a PC dick. Yeah. Like, well, we haven't really talked, I think we talked about it before we started recording, but the whole deal with the NBC reporter. Where he threw him that softball, what, did we talk about that already? Which? While we're, while we're recording? Maybe uh, the NBC reporter who threw him the softball question about, hey, what do you think about the millions of people out there? Oh, yeah, we mentioned it. Like, we didn't talk about it yeah. in depth. But but just his response to that was horrible, where later on Pence answered that same question, no problem. And it's getting to a point where I'm wishing Pence was actually our fucking president over Trump right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a scary thought, isn't it? Like, the <laughs> way he speaks is way better in this time, than fucking Trump. Well, he's handling this is better. Well, I mean, let's let's look at let's examine the things that Trump touts as 
you know, signs or indications that he's doing a great job as president. It was the economy and jobs primarily, right? Was there anything else that he could point to and say, we're doing a great job? Oh, well, you know, he could, he could talk about, you know, he's, he's tried to normalize relations with North Korea the and and Russia and Fail. all of these other Fail. all of these other dictatorial authoritarian states that he's trying to normalize relationships with them but i mean the two main selling points that he was touting are that the economy is doing really really well and unemployment even among blacks is really low oh, the yeah. lowest among blacks in our history i think the greatest economy i think ever for the, for the united states way better than under obama and just within the last little while, we've seen the stock market lose more than 30% of its value. It's back to where it was before he got elected at one point. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it went from a high of almost 30,000 uh, 30, points to now like down, like down, yeah, now down below 20,000. So it's lost uh, more than a third of, of its value. And... Where, where? He's also telling states to not report actual numbers for unemployment yet until they can yeah. get them all together. He just wants – he he's urging states to say that, you know, they should just be reporting an increase or a decrease in the number of unemployment claims. Yeah. And yeah, – I, I, I didn't look at the Dow yesterday. I didn't realize it had crashed again because last time I looked at it, it was at right around 20,000. Now it's down to 19,100. Yeah. Yeah, which is below what it was when he took office. Yeah. So it's wiped out all of the gains that were achieved while he was in office, uh, even if we want to, you know, say that he rode Obama's coattails a little bit for improvements that that wouldn't have changed as soon as the president steps into office, right? There's a lag in economic development and because of the policies that are already in place before the next president starts making any changes to anything. But now he's wiped out, you know, all of the gains and more, or not that he has personally wiped it out, but those gains have been wiped out. Yeah, because I'm I'm looking at it right now, right in January when he took office, the high was uh, 20,093. And now it's at 19,173. Yeah. So yeah, he's lost everything. And, and even when even the numbers he was touting with job growth and everything were lower than they had been. They were decreasing underneath Trump versus uh, Obama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then talking about you know, and the other main selling point of his candidacy and presidency is you know him saying that unemployment is so low, you know, record low unemployment. We're about to have record high unemployment. Yeah. Record low unemployment was following a continuing trend. Right. That that would have happened with him or not. Right. And, but I mean, those are the two main selling points, according to him, of his presidency. And they're both now so much worse than almost any president we've ever had in the history of this country. So, yeah, yeah, I don't, I, I don't. I honestly am not concerned anymore about Donald Trump being reelected as long as people still go out and vote. For sure, you have to get out and vote. But I, Which, I I'm not I concerned about gonna, it anymore. What do you think uh with this current uh epidemic going on? 
how that's going to shape how we vote. I know I know we got a lot more mail-in ballots. That's that's made way more available to everyone in the U.S. But is the confidence in the vote going to be the same if it's all mail-in? Um. Yes. Yeah. I think it. I think it will be for sure. I. Th- I think my primary concern now surrounding politics and voting is, and I hate to even say it, but. You know, there there's been some some bit of concern that that says Donald Trump may try to use the current crisis to just stay in office indefinitely while trying to manage the crisis. Which I think I I, I watched something on this from a lawyer that basically said he legally cannot do that. Yeah. Well, what does he care? Right. I mean, legally he cannot. But and and you know, I I scared the shit out of Tracy. Uh, last week because the subject came up before all of this most recent stuff in the news and everything, you know, she, she just said something like, well, you know, how great is it going to be, you know, if, and when he's removed from office and then she, and then she stopped for a minute and she's like, well, what if he just refuses to go? Yeah. And, and I said, that's a really good question because who knows? Like, what if he just says, no, I'm not going to leave. Yeah. That's kind of been his attitude this so far anyway. And that would be something, that'd be something new. We haven't seen that before. Yeah. From anybody like ever. From anybody. So how that is one thing where if he did that, how, what happens? Yeah, what, what, what happens? <laughs> well, yeah, what, like, what happens then? He, he would be, I mean, up until, up until the point that the election happens and the results are released, he's the commander in chief of our armed forces. So. What if he orders the armed forces to protect him while he hangs out in the White House? Because there's from that November till that January time frame. I mean, that's a lot of time for him to really muck some shit up again and to try to basically stay in power, try to pull a fucking Putin. Yeah, it shit could go sideways fairly easily, especially with somebody as unhinged and unpredictable narcissistic self-involved as the president is i like it it all sounds like crazy shit that could possibly happen in some dystopian future or you know but some some nightmare scenario but that's where we're living yeah that that that's been our existence for the last three years as as bad as we thought things could get they are so fucking much worse and that's terrifying and I don't yeah. know what to say to make people feel better about it. <laughs> like, maybe you should be a little bit terrified. Maybe you should make sure that you get out and vote and you pay attention to what's going on because shit could get really fucking wild really fucking quickly. Yeah, I mean, because as much as people think that their vote doesn't count, my people that say my vote doesn't matter, or I don't like that person. Like, no, dude, you're, you're shaping our economy. You're shaping local laws. You're shaping the lives of people that... You may not even know, which is where I think we've said it on the show before. Think about the most vulnerable person you know and vote in their interest. Yeah. And if your vote didn't matter, politicians wouldn't be spending billions in order to get your vote. It's, I mean, yeah, our our system may be fucked up, but we're not going to improve it if we don't keep voting. Yeah. Or do anything. Yeah, but that'll that, that that kind of brings our time to a close. We've 
we've gone ranted for an hour a little bit over our hour yeah um (laughs) that was that was just the intro yeah (laughs) yeah we didn't take a break or anything we'll have to you know this is this Uh, is a new thing for us we'll have to we'll have to try to figure out how to manage this all a little bit better that's a that's a failing on my part i i well i think we're we haven't talked in two weeks together and i think we're a little ranty today yeah well, and I mean, I should have come up with better plans on how we were going to manage this, make sure that you guys had everything you needed, all of that kind of stuff. And I, I did not. I dropped the ball on that. That's totally on me. I, I need to do a better job of making sure this is a more organized and that we have everything set up and ready to go and all of that kind of stuff. But this is I kind of say a, that's all on you. I didn't even have Skype. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I should have checked with you days ago to see if you did, right? Like. You, because yeah. you don't, you don't know what you don't know. So maybe you had no idea that you, we would be doing it by Skype and right. that you would need it. So yeah, I just, I need to be better at communicating with you guys about that. <sighs> I don't know. Well, it's I, just scary. I, I got my bunker set up here. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll start counting my bullets to see how much value they are in the market. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I saw, I saw somebody, one of the, one of the memes that I saw recently was, uh, somebody, you know, posted a picture of a bunch of toilet paper and that they were, you know, looking for a new market for their new, uh, currency <laughs> called Buttcoin. I uh, thought that was pretty good. Buttcoin. <laughs> yeah. I've heard shit tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Shit tickets. That's nice. I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, and another friend of mine posted, um, you know, change change one word of a movie title uh, and replace it with toilet paper. And I wow. thought, well, that would be th- like the best one I thought of, but it would be that I have to change two words. You know, if we were swapping in two words, I should be able to swap two words out. And mine yeah. was a nightmare on toilet paper instead of Elm Street. Oh. Yeah. The first one that popped in my head was a uh, mad toilet paper for Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you guys so much. Uh that'll that'll wrap things up for us before we go. I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. That would be Alan Firth. Chrissy Kalbach. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> It should be on your screen. I don't see it though. Hold on, hold on. Oh shit! There we go. Hold on. Gaytheist. Leave all of it in. <laughs> okay, Stephen Andrews. Let the meat go, Feffy. Two skeptical chaps. Vanessa. Don't be a Richard. Nico Gonzalez. Ollie Olson. Tim Jacobson. Utah Outcasts. Wesley Aaron. Andrew Vodapich. Jeremy Goodson. Brandy Hamrick. Jeff Peterson. Arthur Schwind. Megan Mitchell. Janet Uter. Savita Kuna. Taylor Grin. Purple Dragon. Captain Samples. Corey Ebert. Uh, Robin Todd Flanagan. 
Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Rob and Todd Flanagan. No, it, it changed this week. We got a new one. I, I wasn't ready for it. Rob and Todd Flanagan support Survivor's Network of the Abuse of By Priests. <laughs> no, <I'm talking. laughs> Rod and Todd Flanders support the Survivor's Network of the Abuse of... Oh, fuck. I think it's Rod and Todd. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's not Rob anyway. <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm dyslexic as fuck. Rod and Leave Todd. all of it in. Yes, we can leave it all in. Uh, Rod and Todd Flanders support the Survivor's Network of the Abuse by Priests. <laughs> Oh fuck! Not <laughs> and not Flanders support the survivors network of the abused by priests. <laughs> Did I fuck it up again? Oh fuck! Not <laughs> and not Flanders support the survivors network. Ah shit! <laughs> I'm gonna go back through and count how many times it takes you to do this. Rod and Todd Flanders support the Survivors Network of those abused by priests. Oh, that right. was good. Good job. Oh, now, now everyone can see why Ryan doesn't bring articles. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, that was funny. <laughs> oh my god, that'll wrap things up for us. Thank you guys so much for for putting up with me trying to fix sound issues for an hour and a half, and then. <laughs> recording and stuff. I, I, I just hope the listeners can put up with us for a little bit like this. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank you all very much. We will, we will be continually improving things as the days and months roll on. Um, yeah. Thanks. It's a, it's a struggle. <laughs> we'll get through it all together. Um, yeah. I don't know what else to say about that other than that. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope you guys are doing well. Hope our listeners are doing well. And please be kind to each other. Take this very seriously. Do what you can to help others while maintaining your own safety. And so until next week, crucify fucking sycophants who do nothing but lick Donald Trump's ass and give you bad information. Mm. And don't forget to wash your fucking hands before you leave us a review. And rate the show five times a day towards Rob and Todd Flanagan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs>